welcome back for another episode of In The Red. This is my first interview and I am so excited and it had to be my boy Jay Stallings. Two preacher's kids talking real life, marriage, ministry, parenting, and I hope you got your big boy pants on. We're gonna be real. That's par for the course anytime we're together. This is just your opportunity to be a fly on the wall in our everyday conversations, us sitting around and just chatting it up about what's hitting us now. I hope you enjoy this. Like, subscribe, review. I see you. Yeah, you. Flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases? A one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Welcome back to In the Red podcast with me, Anthony Hart. And you, you're here. You're a part of this. You're a part of this group, this team, this village. And I'm excited that you're here. Uh, Today is the promise that I've been trying to pay off for some time now. And I know I told you last time, no more promises. Morgan said, stop doing that. But today, this is the promised. You are the promise, Jay. The promise? The promise. So today. That's a lot of pressure. No pressure. I got my boy, Jay Stallings, with me. When I begin to think about this podcast, this thing has been birthed in me for a long time through conversations that you and I have had a lot. So it was only fair that my first guest had to be you. And this dude is the realest dude you'll ever meet. He is a pastor. Yeah, just like me. But he's he's a pastor like me. Like you're going to find out. <laughs> we're just real. Like we're the ones you just shake your heads at a lot. This dude is a husband, a father, a friend, a brother, just a dynamic human being. He's as real as you're going to get. If you ever get a chance to sit down, he's a straight shooter. He's going to let you know. Um, you've heard me talk a lot about perspective and expansion and allowing people in your life. If you saw he and I, we look drastically different. I'm a little bit taller uh, and my beard looks better. Your beard does look amazing. He doesn't burn in the sun like I do. But what we found is we bring to each other a different perspective, background, upbringing. Um, Although we were both preacher's kids, we've walked different roads and got to this space in very different journeys, but we found that there are so many opportunities and chances for us to minister into each other. So I want to invite Jay. This dude can sing. Maybe we'll have a moment. Maybe we won't. If you ever hear him, he'll change your life. He's wrecked every song, every worship song I've ever heard that he sang. I can't listen to the original because the dude can sing voice from heaven. But Jay, my boy, thanks for being with me today. What's up, man? I appreciate that. I thought somebody else was going to walk in the room after that. I'm like, who is this guy that you're talking about? I wouldn't think it was. I didn't think it was me. Yeah, I wanted to meet him. This guy's wonderful. Let me meet him. You are wonderful. (laughs) No, bro. It's and it's funny. 
So those of you that don't know, this was our second recording this episode. Oh, yeah. You fumbled the first one. The first one was so good, it bro. Was so good. 45 minutes of just heat. Yeah. And we get done, and I forgot to add it to the session. Yeah, you remember you called me. It was like, uh, we gotta record that again. I'm like, why? He was like, I didn't press record. <laughs> Morgan so, goes, uh, make sure you record today. And what are y'all gonna what are you gonna talk about? And and Jay goes, This is what's what we do. This is what we do. Like this just gives us an opportunity. We were supposed to start this like half hour ago, <laughs> and we got in here. <laughs> we was all talking. <laughs> we talking and doing life. So Anytime we're together, we just talk. And that's what I want this podcast to be about. And when, yeah. when we bring guests in, just invite you into our conversations. Let so you we've be been a part. friends a long time. Like, yeah, I'm bro. realizing that. It doesn't, I mean, it seems like we've known each other for a lifetime. But then you go back and look at it. You're like, man, we've been friends a long time. We both kind of started like our beginning ministry. Not the beginning ministry. We've both been in church a long time. We're both PKs. But like the beginning of ministry, you your first like pastoral position was at the same church where my position was. And so like we, we got close really, really fast. We were in the trenches together. Remember Free Camp? Bro. No sleep. Team No Sleep. We really cut our teeth together. And those of you that don't know Free Camp, Free Camp was a three-day experience with 100 kids that um, our pastor, Robbie Jones, uh, had this connection with a group that was doing this. And a hundred underprivileged kids came in for free, stayed the night in our church, which was not outfitted. No. They built showers. Yeah. We didn't get sleep. I remember that. Showers had to be built. Like, it was. I'll tell you, if you ever want, if you've never participated in something like that, I walked away after the, the last day exhausted I, I think i fell asleep on the way home i almost killed myself <laughs> but i felt so blessed i felt like i was stealing from those kids because i was blessed so you much blessed by as much yeah and i think that that's but that's the perspective right like when you're serving mm. um you get another perspective you get to see the other side of it and and serving is actually not always giving of yourself but receiving something too and i think that we look at it totally different in the church right like I know what the word says about service and, you know, serving people and things like that. But in that, I, I feel like we really get to find ourselves speaking of that, right? Like we're both married. We, we both have kids mm. like our service to them should be the same way. We should walk away fulfilled, even though like sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's true. frustrating, especially like, uh, because, you're taking two pe different people and you're putting them and mixing them together. And then you, they're, they're having kids. And then it's just supposed to work out because you're married and you made this, these vows, right? So right. The church looks at you, you just need to make it work, bro. Like yeah, that's what right. Jesus wants you to do. Just make it work. And it's like, yeah. you don't realize how hard it is. This woman's crazy. She gets toothpaste all in the <laughs> lid of the toothpaste. Like I told Ty the other day, my 15 year old, I said, if me and your mother ever get a divorce, just know. It wasn't over anything but the toothpaste. toothpaste. Tooth I don't know what you women have paste. going on in your mind, but toothpaste belongs in the tube, not on the lid. In the tube. You squeeze it a little bit, wipe it on your toothbrush, and no, then no, you no, let no. go of it. No, 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 no. It's not, listen, that's not even that bad. I literally think my son, who is 13, I think he just squeezes it out in, in the sink. I'm like, how do you get that much toothpaste? Your toothbrush is only so big, bro. Like, how do you get that much? Did any of that end up in your mouth? That's what I'm saying. You're just wasting it. Like, you realize what this is for. Oh, my God. This is our conversations. And, yeah, and I really want to kick this off, Jay, with uh, this is going to be based around kind of our relationship has been yeah. this. I talked about a little bit in the beginning, 
but the expanding of perspectives. You know, when you and I come together, we come at things from a different approach, but we embrace that. Like there is such a connectivity in you and I that we think differently, but when we come together, we're not put off by the other person's opinion or thought process. And generally, most times we're challenged by it and it expands kind of how we see things. It expands our vision, if you will. I think trust builds that, right? Like we both trust each other. One, because we both know our truths. Like I remember a conversation, you're like, man, when I was growing up in Arkansas, you know, there wasn't that many black people around me and things like that. And we used to say jokes and stuff like that. Like you've actually talked to me about those things. You know what I mean? And then, you know, my background of, you know, dealing drugs and being in the drugs and being in alcohol and being in the streets and things like that, like the honesty in that and which you've helped me a lot through. So I think that that ends up building that trust and then you can respect people's perspective from that point. Mm. Yeah. And I think if you look at just the society we live in today, pandemic, all of the things, yeah. we don't get into that, but we do live so separated and isolated and yeah. it, it creates a space where we don't spend enough time with people as a whole, but if we do, it's generally people who look like us, act like us, sound like us. So it means it's an echo chamber. It so surges straight into an echo chamber. And how has that affected church? Because churches become their own echo chambers, right? We, you walk yeah. in and you eventually you're looking for somebody who looks like you. You want the preacher to preach how you want them to preach. And before you know it, our churches are identical to that. We're yeah. around a bunch of people that we're called community like churches that are not in the community. Ugh. Like we'll go to community events. Like I go to community events out here and then I don't see no churches out there. Like we're a community church, but we're just going to be separated from everybody else. Like I don't, I don't get that as a human being, how we justify that in a, as a church. Well, we build our rules up. We, we put together what we offer. This is what we offer when we offer it, where we offer it. And now it's in your court to come get it. Yeah, That's come, such a bro come here. Come to come me. here in the confines, the safe confines for me of my house, my church building. And you can receive this. And if you don't like it, you can get the hell out. Yeah. Right. But because you need to get the hell out. Mm, like yeah. That's the, the mindset the, we the have. The church needs to get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> hell out the building. That way we should change the the, de- the title of this podcast. There we go. Get the hell out the building. But I want to hear, because I, from your perspective, the, the lifestyle that you've led, and you, you alluded to it a little bit, <clears throat> how that's changed your perspective as a pastor, uh, as a father, as a husband, to reach people who've gone through some of those things or to help people. Because I don't think the church does that good enough. We just want to take people out of those circumstances and you get healed and changed and saved. And then just don't do that anymore. Now preach this style, be me. We clone people almost in the church, but I think your heart, because you've walked through that and it's expanded your perspective. How has that helped you to minister to people? I think that because I know that I'm not worthy, that it Mm -hmm. really helps me. You know what I mean? Because I'm messed up, bro. Like, I am messed up. Like, I'm the type of dude that if you beep your horn at me wrong, I'm, I might drag you out of your car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm messed up. And it takes Jesus. It really does. It takes my relationship with Jesus for me not to have a relationship with prison. His version of anointing you and laying hands I on you is drastically laying, different. I believe in laying hands on the sick. But I'm hoping that they don't recover if they talk junk to me. 
Just say he gonna give a five knuckle shuffle <laughs> and just anoint it with oil and hope you knock the hell out you. <laughs> <laughs> but because of that, right? But because of that, I knew that I that I need a lot. Yeah. And so then when when I see other people who need a lot, then I see myself too. You know what I mean? And I really depend on the Holy Spirit like throughout my day because then I know that I'm 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 not perfect. I'm no better than anyone else. And I know that. So it's a constant like grace. I need the grace in my life, so I need to I need to give it. Like I feel like the scripture, you know what I mean? Like the Luke 6 38 says, Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running wait, wait. over, shall men give unto your bosom. That's not a offering sermon. That's not an offering sermon. We've all used it as such, though. No, we no, really no, stress no. that, right? It's a giving sermon, but yeah. it's not an offering sermon. I'm I think that it's meant to be everything in mm. your life the way that you give will be measured out to you again so like if you're giving temper to people you're going to get that temper back constantly you're like why do people treat me so bad why are people always mean because you keep on doing it sucker mm. you know what i mean like so i know that 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 scripture because i've experienced it in life i've experienced it in giving i've experienced it in attitude i've and i've experienced it in in kindness you know what I mean? But I had to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to give out. I mean, it's you reap what you sow. Yes. It's the basic principle in yeah. this earth. Like we I think say pe- that. Yeah. And people don't people don't understand that the principles in the Bible are not just spiritual principles. Mm. They are life principles that you can carry throughout your life. Yeah. I mean, think about planning. All of us kind of have a green thumb idea. You may not be good at it. I, I know people that you could give them a growing plant and they're going to kill that joint. I can't grow weeds. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a That's a whole different weed. story. What are we talking about? Which weed? Which, which guy? Which weed you talking about? But if you get to the basic principle, because I think if we want to grow spiritually, sometimes we have to think physically. Yes. Or vice versa. If you want to yeah. grow physically, sometimes you take the spiritual. It, it's, it's across the board. God said this, if you, you will reap what you sow. And we see it in the very beginning. He, there was planting, and if you water it, you take care of it, it will grow. If you plant hate, bitterness, discontent, guess what's going to grow in your life? Hate, bitterness, discontent. You don't plant an apple seed and get an orange tree. Like, it ain't how it works. So, so many times we have troubles in our marriages. And we're like, well, I don't, don't feel loved in my marriage. What, kind, what are you sowing into your marriage? Right. Are you sowing love? Are yeah. you speaking life? Yeah. Or every time your spouse messes up, are you the first one to remind them of it? The first one to tell them how bad of a husband or wife that's they deep. are. Like Because if that's what you're sowing, if that's what you're bringing to the table, guess what? Your husband or your wife is always going to be a mess up. That's yeah. all their identity is ever going to be is what you remind them of constantly. Instead of celebrating in those moments when they do something simple, you took the trash out. And I'm so glad you, thank you for doing that. Yeah. And instantly. But that's what we're talking about, like the perspective, right? Like perspective is really how you view, the way that you view things is going to help you either accept it or not accept it, Mm. right? Like we were talking about that earlier uh, when I came in and we were talking about our wives. And I was saying that I'm learning 
not to pastor my wife, just to be her husband. Well, I've like heard God that. is bringing other people into her life to pastor her, to help her get to the next spiritual level. You know what I mean? Like we have a, uh, we have a mentor that really helps us when it comes down to talking in those ways, because like, it's easy to see your wife or your kids doing something and, or your wife, my wife tells me, she was like, I'm not one of your kids. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not one of your kids because I tend to talk to everybody the same type of way. Like just right, right. It, when it's facts, it's facts. It's what it is. You deal with it. Like it doesn't matter for me sometimes. Like and I'm I'm working on this. I'm working. <laughs> on it. it doesn't matter how you receive me. You gonna get this work anyway. That's right. Right. So like pastoring my wife. Like I'm there to be her husband. I'm not there to be her pastor. Bro, I've had that conversation with my wife so many times and she'll have something going on or she'll say something. And in a moment, I just, you know, blah, blah, blah. The word says this. Or maybe if you did this, God yeah. would be there with you. And, you know, sometimes I just don't need a pastor. I need a husband. And I, I never really understood. I had to kind of walk through that because yeah. for me, the first time they had this conversation, here was my retort. Well, maybe you do need a pastor. Oh my gosh. That went over like I'm a part in church, still, bro. <laughs> I'm surprised you're still around. I didn't have to go. Let's just say do the door was closed. I have to eulogize your service. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, I'm sorry. Good the job. The door was closed Thank and we didn't talk for grace. a while. <laughs> so I've learned. I did I never made that comment again. But just talking with you earlier today, it's the same thing is understanding and it's it's a trust thing as we as christians we feel like we because we've received this information we're the only ones that can speak into it and from a pastor perspective we have that mindset like if somebody brings me a problem here's what the bible says i want to help you in that but what you found was in that moment and i just had this recently happen with morgan as well something i knew that she needed to hear but both of us had the wisdom to know that she couldn't hear it from us and right. Madeline couldn't hear it from you. But it was in that space of trusting God within a couple of days, someone releases that word over them. Someone says this very same thing that we would have said, but because it comes from a different perspective, a different connection, a different access point, they receive it. And we've been able to be that husband that just kind of walks through it with them. Well, I think that's also because we're not giving up our positioning as husbands anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like, So I think that in church, like title and position has gotten in the way of our humanity, right? And so then then we become our titles, like in everything that we do, we become our titles. I go to the store, I'm known as pastor. I go to this place, I'm known as pastor. I get in my car, I'm known as pastor. But I'm not known as the human being Joseph Mm. or Jay right? Which everybody calls me. I'm not known as that person. So then when a situation comes up, now I have told myself that I'm a pastor and my humanism goes out the window and I become my title and everything that I do instead of, it's it's a part of the title. It's, it's, it's a part of what I do, but it's not who I am. Right. right? Your calling is not your complete identity. Right. And I think that's what happens. Like we get, we get, into it all the time over things like that right like so for example like i've been a worship leader for forever right but if i'm singing everything all the time like i don't care how good my voice is people are going to get tired you know i want to hear you singing getting on to your kids at home like i want you leading worship in your house how dare you step on that get out of my face before i knock your block off you should not have talked to your 
<laughs> Your sister like that. I'm going to that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. That's when you hit the keyboard. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But I think that that's what happens, right? But I mean, like, it's funny because you can visualize this thing, yeah. but this is the way that we have lived our lives. Like, and it's silly and it's ridiculous, yeah. right? And I think that the perspective is, is that I am more than a title, right? I'm more than a position. And that could be in any place in life, not just church. I'm more than the title. I'm more than a position. Like, I want my kids to see my humanity. Because then they know that even in those mistakes that you make, there is still victory in them, right? You can still you can still get up and keep going. You know what I mean? So like if I get if I get it wrong, I apologize to my kids. Like if I blame one kid for something and they're like, Dad, I didn't do that. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have blamed you. My bad. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, but I think that we have to get that way in our in our lives too. Let's and, just, you and you and I have come through kind of the same type of moment in our life. Mine was about four years ago and I stepped down from the ministry we were in, retired from the Navy. And I was really hit in this moment of all my titles were gone. Everything Navy for 21 years, yeah. I developed it, I worked up to be a chief. And I love that responsibility. I'd worked my way up in ministry and campus pastor. And in that, that moment when I, it was the last moment I was the last day I was in the Navy I had this just harsh stare in the mirror moment where the enemy really crept in and said, who are you now? You're nobody. You've lost all your titles. You're nothing. Mm. And it was such an empty feeling because I really had nothing to show for all that I'd worked for. And then God like swooped in and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, you know, like the, uh, the record skipping. Yeah. You're a husband. You're a father. You're a son. You're a friend, but most importantly, you're mine. That really reset me Come to on. the purpose yeah. that I have in my life and what matters most. And like you said earlier, yes, there's people that will call me pastor and uh, those titles, they bother me. I, I don't need yeah. to, if I'm never called pastor again, it will not change what I'm called right. to do. Right, right. And that's where so many people get wrapped around pastor, apostle, prophet, and they got to have that in the front of their name. They need to introduce you because they need you to know that. Yeah. I don't need you to know that, but if I'm truly operating in my calling, I won't have to tell you who I am. I'm going to, you're going to encounter yeah. me and witness the, the, the shepherding moments in my life, or you're going to talk to somebody who I've, I've actually pastored yeah. and it's a term of endearment to me. Like when you call me pastor, when somebody says pastor, it, and I know that I've walked through some stuff. It's like my kids calling me daddy. Yeah. Like it's a connection piece to, man, I earned that. I walked through that with them. It's not just something that's on a business card. It's not something that's on the the church bulletin. This is something I'm it's walking It's something in. that you're walking in and carrying. Right. right. Like you go to places that you frequent, right? Should I'm not saying they should know your title, but they should know your humanity. Mm -hmm. They should know how human you are, and they should know the love, right? That's, that's right. inside of you. I'm not saying per se, they say, oh yeah, that's a prophet or that's an apostle or that's a, you know, whatever your gift is. But if you're a, if you can, if you're a prophet and you can prophesy, like, why aren't you doing it in restaurants and mm. bars on the street? I'm like, oh, I can only do this in church because my, right. pink, my pinky needs a church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, you it's, can see it's me time for the these church. Hours. Yeah, it's time for the church to come outside of the church and be in the streets. So true. It's time for them. You know, how they don't, they don't know that they're loved. I get to preach for two hours on a Sunday. 
Yeah. I don't preach two hours, although our yeah, church will might. tell you differently. You might. He, he might. <laughs> but that's that's just something I get to do. That's not the best part about being a pastor. It's right. in conversations, walking through ups and downs, sad moments, glad moments, all those things, walking through that with people, the community, the connection piece. And I don't think we do that enough. I love sitting down into the conversation with somebody uh, in a table and they don't know me and I don't know them. We just begin to share stories. And it's usually three quarters of the conversation before it even may, and it may not even come up that yeah. I'm a pastor. And they're like, whoa. You're a pastor? You're a pastor? Really? Yeah. I love that. Like, I love that. I love that too. Because I think that it's in that moment I connected them with who I am. Yeah. And I, it wasn't a title. I don't, you don't have to see me as this. I, I honestly don't me. even go by my title anymore. Like, I just don't. Like, people would be like, oh, he's a pastor. I'm like, don't call me that. Yeah. I just say, I'm, just, I'm just Jay. Oh, this is pastor? No, 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 I'm just Jay. Yeah. I'm just Jay. Let me be Jay. You know what I mean? Like, let me be that guy. Judge that person. Don't judge my title. Mm. And I think that's for all of us. Like when we're what do we what do we need to get better at? Husband, father, wife, mother. Like those are the things that matter. That's those legacy and it moments. Changes. Oh, ain't that the truth? It changes. So right? you've got five kids. Give them the five. give them the ages. So twenty, fifteen, uh, thirteen, six, and two. Yeah, there's some gray in that beard, bro. I know. Listen, the first time that I noticed I had gray in my hair on top of my head, we can't talk about yours because it's not there. I just but, let it go. <laughs> I I almost gave myself a concussion because I was trying to knock the lint out of my <laughs> hair. And I was just like, bang, bang. And my wife was like, bang, that's not lint. That's mm. gray hair. And I'm like, what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but now it's like all over the place. So I'm like, all right. I mean, I mean I'll be 40 in June. Body. June twenty fifth. I'll be forty. Years. I'll be forty four this year. So I've I've tested the waters. Come on in, bro. The yeah. water is fine. Yeah. yeah. Keep on. I hating. need to take my knees to a therapist <laughs> and not a physical therapist. Like I need to talk to them. They have some. They have some emotional trauma. <laughs> we go get some oil. I'm just anoint those real quick. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, so my conversations with my twenty year old is way different than the conversations from my 15, 13, 6, and 2, right? Mm -hmm. She's an adult. She has a good job. She's working and stuff like that. But then I have to tell her all the time, too, like, listen, don't let people take advantage of you. Or I tell her, like, you're 20. You know what I mean? These are your decisions. But you got to remember that you're going to have to live with your decisions for the rest of your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they might affect me, but they're going to affect you way more than they affect me. So I want you to make good decisions. I want you to think about it. And it's funny, like we're going through this season where she had made some quick decisions and now she's like, I regret that decision. And so we're talking through them and things like that. And it's a totally different conversation, right? Like my two-year-old is like, daddy, where's my candy? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a totally different conversation. Don't let people like, take advantage you know of you. <laughs> like, daddy, I went potty. Like, I got to go potty. I got to go put her on the pot. She's potty training. Oh, you know, she's goodness. in her thing. So it's a different one. Yeah. But that connection, that connection that you have with your kid when they're that young, if you're honest with them and you keep talking to them and talking to them about your stuff, when they get 20, they'll still come to you and have the conversations. Hmm. And that's what I'm noticing. And we've even recently had this discussion, too, with, you know, even your parents, because your parents didn't have five kids and you did. Right. And there was a conversation about parenting recently and you just 
effectively told them, uh, you don't know what it's like to parent five kids. So I have, I have five, <laughs> you had three, you right. know what I mean? Like I have five, like, you know, but I still have those conversations with my parents. Like, Hey, what, what would you do in this situation? Right. And things like that. You know what I mean? Like you, you have those conversations, but it is different. Like, that's a lot of kids, bro. Like Sunday morning takes forever. I have to wake like up two hours earlier if I'm bringing kids and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like so, uh, I was playing at this church in Norfolk um, this past Sunday, right? And Mila, the six year old, wanted to come with me, right? So I got to wake up earlier and get her ready and get her stuff on because I cannot stand being late. Right. I will leave kids at home. Like, if I say I'm leaving at this time, I did that to my son, Seth, before. He's the 15-year-old. He's about to be 16, right? So he was younger, and I was like, I'm leaving at this time. And I was in the car. He wasn't out there. So I pulled out of the driveway, and I just sat there until he came out. And then I just waved, and I left. He was so mad Tough at me. Love. He was so mad at me. But guess what? The next Sunday, he was sitting in the car when I came outside and said, I'm leaving at this time. He's in the car already. So some of those things are harsh, but they work out. Like, you, know you, think, I mean? you think God ever does that to us? I'm, he's done it to me a lot. Like, I, I, me too. I told you not to do that, so I'm just going to leave you here. <laughs> like, like, uh, and he's sitting there watching, and I'm in trouble. And I'm like, whoa. But I went through all this mess to get ready for this, and he's like, yeah. I'll be here next week. Yeah, like, I told oh. you. I told you. Have you ever got up in the pulpit and like you're like, oh yeah, I got this message for God, and God's like, no, I'm trying to give you something different, and you didn't listen, and then you get up there and just tank it, bro. I think I've told you that happened to me one Sunday. I was I'd prepared back in my early ministry. I'd prepared. I used to. I always put it this way. I used to prepare the sermons for the front two rows, like those Christians that you knew when you preached a good sermon, a lot packed the scripture, (laughs) just a healthy meal with all the scripture you can put into it. Afterwards, one of them would come up. Oh, pastor, that was a great sermon. And it just validated all the hard work. Mm. So that was the way I used to prepare for sermons. Yeah. I just three to four hours. I'd, I'd scale off in a week. And then, one Sunday, bro, I got up, jumped in the car, and I got a 20-minute drive to church. I'm feeling good, and I just feel God say, you can preach that, but I'm not going to. And I was like, what? what? Wait, 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 what are you, what are you talking about? That we've been studying all, all month. And I got to church. I said, you know what? I'll just lock myself in the office. I'll study. The wheels fell off the bus that Sunday. I never made it in the office. And I'm walking up on the pulpit, and I'm like, God, I don't know what I'm about to preach. And I preached 30, 45 minutes and, and it connected back to my notes, but it was so freeing. And there was nobody on those front two rows that come up and said, man, pastor is a good sermon. It was this young lady back underneath the balcony where you couldn't even see her. She came up and she goes, you don't know how bad I needed to hear that today. Come on. And that opened my eyes to, man, it ain't about me. I just right. recently had that same thing happen to me again. I was preaching for somebody and I We prepared. really do try to make it about us. Oh, we do. And I've been trying to prepare this massive sermon. Ooh, everybody. It's the first time I'm preaching for this church. I want to make it sure it's good. Nothing. An hour before I'm supposed to leave, I go get in the shower. And God's like, it ain't about you. Mm. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I'd been flirting around this scripture all day long and just missed it. And in a 30-minute shower, as I'm just sitting there like, okay, God, we're going to preach. Like, he just completely undid me, directed me right back. And I walk out with like, oh, that's what I was supposed to preach all along. 
that's way easier. So yeah. it's life, bro. Like he'll put you in, in contact with somebody or in a relationship or conversation with somebody. And we, we are scared to say anything or scared to put it in a place where we just don't have it yeah. planned or we haven't prepared enough for it. That's the moment you realize you're prepared for. Like he puts right. you in that situation. But I mean, like if we're constantly in our word and constantly praying, yeah. he's going to constantly have something to say through us. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I run into these places and I meet people all of a sudden and then they just, I don't know what it is. Well, I do know what it is. It's the Holy Spirit. Like it's the anointing. It's the, you know, what the brokenness that I've been through. Um, and people literally tell me their stories. Like I'll be in line at Wendy's or something and people will just start talking to me. Like I'm just going through this, blah, blah, blah. I'm ended up praying in the middle of, you know, the mall or something, because somebody talked to me about something and we had an encounter and I'm like, Lord, and so like, bro, I am not a people person all the time. You know that about me. Yeah. You and me both, but we could be extroverts. If you're around us, we're in the room. We're going to talk your ear off. But sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to talk to nobody. Mm -hmm. nobody. And every time I'm like that, the Lord always brings a talker (laughs) and they just sit by me. And I'm like, Lord. And then, when I get Lord, if it's your way, will to take this cup from me, <laughs> <laughs> when I get out of my way, I'll hear something, and then the Holy Spirit will minister, and then I'll start talking and I'll start helping them. And I don't know if I'll ever meet some of these people ever again in life, but it was a seed that is planted. And I'm like, Lord, let let I just want to be available, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't want my inconsistencies to cut off what you're trying to do in people's lives. And I think this is an even bigger discussion, even outside of ministry for business people. Like if you're a CEO or uh, a leader of your group, it's those moments that you share like that with your people. Like they're going to come to you with a problem. Don't just jump to a solution or cut. Like there's moments of conversation there where I find like you're talking about with ministry opportunities yeah. that I receive just as much as what God gives me for them. Right. And it, it's that moment, especially it's like with your kids, I, having those conversations with your kids and you're sharing things. My kids minister to me all the time, like just yeah. a different perspective as a leader, as a husband, as a pastor, whoever you are, um, know that when you have those conversations, it's a conversation. It's not just to go do this because I said so. When you're sharing those moments, you have the opportunity to receive just as much. It also positions you to impart perspective into them and invites them into that place where they trust you more. And now it's a shared space that you can begin to grow together in. Yeah. Yeah. That shared space is important. Like to grow to, because not everybody grows at the same Mm. speed, right? Right. You know what I mean? Not everybody. And to have that shared space where you have room, somebody can see you. You know, like we were talking about with our wives. Like I've seen my wife in the last year, two years, like grow exponentially. Right. You know what I mean? But it just took for me to be like, okay, like I'm, we're on the same page. We're on the same team. We're not going to fight against each other. We're going to fight like not each other, but we're going to fight with each other. Mm. You know what I mean? Like back to back. Like my father in law used to say, like it, you know, like this in the foxhole, you got to be back to back. Like one person watching this way, one person watching this way. You know what I mean? And you don't, you don't realize that until you go through some stuff together. You know what I mean? Like, it's always like, oh, it's my way at first when you first get married. And now me and my wife is 17 years in. 
17 years, bro. Mm. Would you say, like, looking back, there's moments where maybe her growth was stifled because you because were moving of me. too quick? Because of me, yeah. yeah. Because of me, because I was too judgmental. Yeah. And because I was saying something instead of letting it grow. You know what I'm saying? Like, so my daughter, um, she thinks that she has a green thumb, my oldest, <laughs> but she does not. Right? It's yeah. like, you know, too much of anything is not good. <laughs> just you water it. Just keep watering it. Right. And I think that that's the position that I had taken at first. Like, oh, as a husband, I need to pour into you constantly, blah, blah, mm. blah. So it was only one-sided. And also, like, the worst time to water something is in the hottest part of the day. How many times do you try to water it in the middle of an argument? Right. In the middle right. of the heat. Now, like, now oh, I want to be yeah. all super spiritual. Let me give you what the scripture says. And I just acted like an ass the yeah. whole time. Like exactly. Now, now right. I want to be the preacher. Like, yeah. no. and then, yeah. like she's literally <laughs> looking at me like, no, maybe you need to go back to the ass part. That's right. You are, sir. That water on the leaves is you starting know. to swelter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, like, after a while, like you just learn, like, like the Lord is really doing a work in me. I think mm -hmm. like you're not your title, so like at home, like you're, yeah, like you're a part of me, right? You're my son. You're you're a part of me, and I want you to act like it. I think this it brings us to the mo the biggest summation point of everything we've talked about. When it comes to perspective expansion, your biggest tool is to shut your mouth. And to listen, woo! Like throw out them spankings, Anthony. That's right. But be careful who you're listening to. Yeah, right. Uh, if you come into, you want to get your media, don't get it all from one source. Be right. willing to listen to multiple people. Invite otherness into your life. If you need a fresh perspective, if you're encountering something and you feel like, man, I end up in the same spot all the time, invite somebody different to speak into you. If you're having trouble in your marriage, don't go to somebody that's been divorced three times. Don't go to a single person. Don't share it with your buddies at work who are struggling in their marriage. Go right. find somebody who's succeeding, who's come through yeah. some stuff. I've always said this. I don't ever want to walk into battle with somebody that has no scars. Facts. And that's no, I know this. Looking across this table right now. Because then I know you can't fight. That's so right. Like, I want to know somewhere. you've been cut in some marriage you and you've been healed. Like you have never been in a fight in your life. You yeah. ran. What did Mike you Tyson ran say? From it. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Everybody. And there's a whole lot of soft dudes out there walking into battle and like, oh, I'm gonna run. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I mean, like, in, in you know, I'm pretty sure we'll talk more about some of the stuff that you know I've been through in life and marriage and things like yeah. that. You know, when I come back on the shows, because you know, it's something that was hard. You yeah. know what I mean? Me and my wife has separated like. I th she told me like four times. She's like, no, we separated like four times. I'm like, four? I thought it was only two. She's like, no, no, no. Maybe you weren't, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get a memo. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like 17 years later, we can say like, man, we're, we're here. We're doing this. We're doing this together. It's not always easy. Never. But it's definitely necessary. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it takes time for for the good stuff. It takes it takes time. And I'm not saying everybody's marriage goes through that. Like, it was just a portion of our marriage where we were both knuckleheads, especially me running the other direction. Yeah. When we should have been running towards each other. We're trying to we're trying to be like, Well, I was raised this way. Oh, I was raised this way. Well, I was raised that way. Well, does your parents have the perfect marriage? No. Does my parents have the perfect marriage? No. None of us have the perfect marriage. So 
uh, we don't always have to be like everybody else. Like, what is best for us? What is best for me and you? Mm. And that has changed my perspective, like, in a lot of ways. So good. Just the invitation of togetherness. Right. Will help change your perspective. That's right. Right? Me and you met. We talk. Our perspective about a lot of the ways that we grew up and believe has changed solely because me and you shared time with each other. Yep. So true. Well, bro, I'm thankful you shared this time with us today. I can assure you, you're going to hear more of Jay. I've already told him he's going to be like the dude in the barber chair. Like we walk in a, you walk into a good barber shop. There's always that one chair and there's a dude sitting in it. You don't know who he's, what he's doing there. He doesn't get his haircut, but he's got two cents for everything. Uh, Jay's that sounding board for me. And, and know as we go forward, as we have some of these round table discussions, this is a dude that I lean on. Um, I depend on a lot and share um, friendship with, but he's more than that. Yeah. We're brothers. We are connected at the hip. And, um, and we it's, show up for each other. That's right. Ever, just this weekend, I'm going to be out of town. And I reached out and said, bro, I need you to come bring the word. He's going to be ministering to our church this weekend. So, um, yeah, find some people like that in your life. If you don't have one, sometimes it's your fault. That you got some stuff and you don't let people in, but be careful. And when you're looking, when you're searching, find the right people to get in your space. Don't just give that up to anybody. I didn't give that over to to just anybody. Jay and I walked through a lot of things, learned a lot of things about each other that put us in that space of trust and access. And through that, our relationship grew. Yeah. So thank you all for coming in and sharing this moment. Any parting words, shots across the bow? I think uh, one is... um... It's such a pastor thing to say. Well, the one thing, but I may have three things. So just <laughs> pin that right there. <laughs> well, we was talking about perspective, right? I always thinking about it is monocular and binocular. Mm-hmm. Like with just me, just looking out, I can't see as far as if I have a binocular. That means that there's two different visions coming into one. Right. And so I think that I, we all need to stop having just that monocular view and have a binocular view. So true. And if you like right now, close one of your eyes and you get one view of something. But if you're looking with both eyes open, you get a more rounded view. You can see the depth. You can see more. And that's where you start inviting people in to see it with you, not see what you see. Right. Like truly ask them what they see. It makes the picture more rounded. Yeah. So good. All right, y'all. Well, thank y'all for coming, hanging with us. Uh, Stay tuned for the next episode. After get the business side, please like, subscribe, review. This thing doesn't grow without you. This isn't anything without you. You, as a listener, you're more than that. You're a part of this. So please review. Let us know how you feel. Um, And let's grow this thing in the red. That's where we find it. That's where we find the truth. That's where we find ourselves a lot of times. And that's okay. That's where we begin to grow. When we look around and realize in the red, there's other people right there with us to help us walk through it. This is the episode. Thank you for joining us. God bless.